Hello everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy. And today we are talking to Tim, so I'm going to pass over to Jeremy to introduce him properly. But thank you so much for being here and we really hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi guys, thank you for tuning in again. Hey Tim, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Um... I reached out to Tim uh, a few days ago, actually, <laughs> uh, to record this episode. Uh, we met in September last year. Uh, we did gratitude training part one together uh, a few months ago. And um, yeah, I, I, I remember uh, something you said during the training, and I thought that I would reach out uh, to, to talk about it a bit more. Um, it was a different world back then. You know, I w- yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> We we could talk about a lot of things right now, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like the the idea of this podcast, you know, like it's to interview like normal people, like I like to say, like just you, me, whoever, uh, not just celebrities and and superstars and stuff like that, because we all have a story and we all have a story that can have an impact on someone else's life, even if it's just one. Uh, we we all have something. Um, and and yeah and and that's uh that's the idea today um so let's let's dive into your story do you want to tell us quickly like where you come from uh, a quick background about you yeah man uh, i come from my mother um <laughs> no i'm kidding sorry she was in baltimore maryland at the time no i'm from uh, i'm from up north um like many in south florida i'm just a northern <laughs> transplant um you know who uh came down there's always a million different reasons to come down but um yeah so i was uh I uh, grew up in, in Maryland. I had a pretty, uh, what I would consider normal, but, you know, um, uh, uh, I mean, I guess everybody considers their own background to be pretty normal, right? True. That's funny. Yeah. The perspective is always ours. But the, um, yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, with a really loving family uh, up there, two brothers, uh, two parents, um, and just a whole lot of love and support. Um, built um, a pretty successful career, pursued... Um, uh, like digital marketing and really was kind of, you know, back when we would distinct, uh, make, make that distinction now really just call it marketing, but, um, uh, it was still emerging at the time is kind of the, this newer thing. I remember, uh, I remember one of my first projects was, you know, the MySpace marketing plan for somebody. So that's how, that's how long I was in that mm. racket. Um, throw, oh my God. Throwing it way back. Exactly. Uh huh. Oh. oh yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Again, as a as a early kind of adopter and leader in that field, um, did well for myself. Built a um, rather successful um, career over about a decade, and uh, you know, got married, did the did the normal thing, and then things kind of got off the rails for me. Um, a whole lot of really just a whole lot of craziness in the personal life, uh, and that that led me down to. Um, and we'll talk more in depth, I'm sure, in, in a couple of minutes. But, you know, it just led me to uh, the struggle of addiction. And then that brought me eventually to my knees and saying, I need help. And, and that help I found here in South Florida. And so then um, as I, you know, worked to kind of rebuild my life, made the decision to just stay um, and said, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna just go ahead and do it, do it all over, do it from here, do it where I have some support in this recovery community. And, um, and it's been a really successful uh, kind of part two, net new chapter for me, I guess, here in um, uh, over the last uh, three and a half, yeah, over three and a half years, um, you know, kind of living in sobriety and, and rebuilding. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations Thank you. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive in, 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 into it. Um, so when, 
when, when did it start for you to like take the yeah. wrong path when, when you said sure. that? Like... You know, it's funny. Uh, there's so many different um, stories in uh, when I speak to and with other folks uh, struggling with addiction or alcoholism or whatever uh, they name their disease. Um, it's but they always kind of follow the similar like story arc. I think, you know, I, I just find the same emotional journey that most of us had. Um, but for me, it started, uh, you know, I got married at 25. Um, and right out of the gate, we had some major issues. Um, and it wasn't really anyone's fault. Um, you know, certainly, certainly not her fault. Uh, but we had some, some medical issues and actually I'm just gonna, you know, I don't like to sugarcoat things, just the, the reality of it is, um, made it uh, impossible for us to have sex, which is a pretty important part of a marriage. So, um, so we didn't have any of that. And then I kind of got very outside of myself and very external in terms of, um, all right, well, how do we fix it? How can I help you? That's gonna be hard for you. And I never stopped at all to, to say, well, how's this affecting me? Am I, you know, how do I feel? Um, And, you know, a lot of that is really a lot of that comes from uh, the same place. A lot of my my character defects will come from, which is, you know, um, worrying a lot about what other people think of me and trying to make sure I'm maintaining this right, the, 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 the best image. You know what I mean? Really, it's funny. Just, I feel like I had an internal PR department, like a marketing department in my head, um, <laughs> like, you know, really trying to make sure I was presenting the right image. The image management people were always, you know, out there. And so right. um, and I really internalized that, just kind of adopted it. It wasn't even a thought. It wasn't like I'm stopping to think, well, what are people going to think about this? It was just that I would instinctively react in a way that I thought was the way other people would want or that I would look back later now through some clarity and say, okay, yeah, wow, that, that whole maneuver there, that whole action is just because I was worried uh, somebody might think X, Y, Z. Um, so a lot of it was like, okay, I'd be worried that somebody might think, um, you know, uh, I'm just like, oh, just such a typical guy, only, you know, he's just, he's, he's only here for sex, like whatever, which is ridiculous. You're married, like it's an important part of a marriage. But um, so anyway, for, for all those reasons, I just neglected where uh, what my emotional state was entirely and poured myself into work because uh, I was good at that. Um, and you get home, you don't really know what's going on. We didn't have a, any kind of diagnosis or we didn't know the ins and outs of what was wrong for a couple of years. Um, by the time we finally figured out uh, that she had a really rare condition um, that her OBGYN had missed, which was common to be missed because it's so rare. Um, by the time we got any of that information, it was too late. I was gone. And, uh, you know, now looking back, you can see, I can see, okay, hey, I was feeling pretty lonely, pretty like stuck, pretty trapped, um, kind of constantly feeling rejected. Um, and so you just don't feel good about yourself and you try to, um, I, you know, I guess I would try to in some ways like handle things. Let me hold this down. Let me, let me show you how, how strong I can be. And then also in other ways, you're just trying to like, I just need to feel better in some capacity. Like, so I'm going to eat whatever and I gained a whole bunch of weight. I'm going to, you know, okay. Yeah. I used to, um, I remember in college I had, you know, experimented a little bit with some drugs. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll take some of that. Sure. And, um, uh, for me anyway, what I found is that it was a different experience than just, uh, you know, enjoying a Friday night and not waking up, not having to, you know, not really needing it again or whatever to trying to treat your emotional pain with <laughs> some, some substances and, and not really just being able to accept or deal with the reality of the situation in any kind of way that made sense. So, um, it's, it's amazing to me now when I look back on how fast I got to, um, that place 
without stopping to to question it or to think about it. Um, so yeah, yeah, yep, mm-hmm, yep, sounds good. Like I just, it was almost this this like. Uh, um, I think that's why I talk about feeling trapped because it's almost this like, yeah, whatever. Like it's 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 already bad, so I don't care if it gets worse. Kind of mentality. Like I'll try anything right now to feel better. Um, and that felt like one that I could. At least initially, I'm like, oh, I'll be able to control this and hide this. So again, I can keep the outside image good. Like, wow, I'll be, wow, he's able to handle all this, um, you know. And they don't have to know that the reason I'm able to, ha- I'm able to handle it, quote unquote, is um, uh, because I'm, you know, numbing myself. I'm, 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 whatever. I'm, you know, using stimulants to get more done. Like all these things, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, that was in my late, I think 29, 30, like right around there. I'm 35 today. So it was a few, it must've been 28. It was about three years or so, a little longer that I was just, uh, you know, kind of spiraling out that way. And then, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's kind of what led me in that, in that direction. Um, were you, um, when, when started at the beginning, when you had issue, uh, like, with, with your marriage and, and that's how things started. Did, were you the kind of guy who usually like reach out to people when you have, when you know, when you need help or you're more the kind of, I'm, I'm going to handle it. I'm going to take care of it myself. I thought I was, I really did. Um, okay. and I talked to a couple of people. Um, what I also did is I made this decision, I made a really dumb decision in retrospect to, um, uh, I didn't want to talk about that particular issue, especially because we didn't have a diagnosis because I didn't want to put my, my now ex-wife in, I didn't want to paint her in a bad light. I want people to be like, well, what? She's not what? Like why, what's, yeah. how dare she do that to you or any, I didn't want to, cause then you bring it like that. Um, it wasn't even necessarily this one, this one in particular, wasn't necessarily about, um, you know, how my image management or like how people would see me. I was super concerned with, um, you know, people kind of taking my side on things and I wasn't trying to, have a side. I wasn't trying to do that. It wasn't yeah. where I was coming from with that. So like, for example, we didn't tell my family cause it's really easy for them to be like, Oh my gosh, Tim, you know, uh, and give advice based purely on me and not advice that's considerate of the relationship. So I, I mm. but in that place, you know, again, it's not, <laughs> there's plenty of other people you can talk to that. So that was kind of where that came from. Um, uh, but I really kept that thing to myself mostly to, um, again, out of, uh, I guess the idea that I would be uh, not just looking out for her, but looking out for the, the other living entity involved, which is the relationship itself and trying to, you know, keep, keep some protection there too. Um, anyway, but, and it strikes me too now that it's important to, to know too, like I don't blame uh, her or anything at all. Uh, it's not her fault that I, you know, mess with drugs. It's not her fault. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not even that situation's fault. I was dealt a bad hand and that's just how I chose to deal with it. There's certainly better ways to play that hand. And I didn't, I didn't exactly take, make the best choice right there, um, at all. So, uh, I don't know, that stands out and, and I think it's important to note as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember, uh, doing the training, yeah. I think it was part one, actually. I remember one thing that the, the trainer said, it's that we, humans don't do mistake. It's just at, at the time when you take this decision with the information that you had, that was what you had to do. I mean, and, 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 you know, like, and when you look after it, you can see it's a mistake. It's, it's always easy to look back and say that was a mistake, but when 
you take a decision. I, I mean, you never I, know I what's going to happen at the end anyway. Yeah, so I think there's a distinction for me, the distinction yeah. I've always made. And I appreciate, I remember him saying that too. I, that stood out to me, obviously. I think that one jumped, that one smacked me in the face. I was like, well, I might disagree on that one. And as he explained it, I understood what he meant. But um, for, for me, I make the distinction between a mistake and a bad decision, right? Like in the moment, it wasn't a mistake. In the moment, it was a bad choice. Okay. It was just a poor choice. Because um, the right, right. Okay. I didn't start. I didn't become a drug addict because nobody told me drugs were, that heroin was addictive. I knew that. I knew that going in. I was fully aware. Um, I was just in such a poor place emotionally. Um, again, from my own, as even based on some of the questions you asked, I mean, largely due to my own uh, mishandling of it at the time, but I was in such a place emotionally that I didn't care. Um, and that I think is the, is the real dangerous place. I mean, I think that's where, um, uh, you know, I can see a lot of, um, people, you know, kind of sliding in and just making, again, not mistakes, but decisions that when there's not that emotional kind of, uh, cloud, um, you know, they, they make a different one. When you say you didn't care, you didn't care about the consequences you would have yes. on your, on your life. Okay. Exactly. Just didn't care. Um, and you know, I also didn't think about it. It's like, um, When you, when you take drugs, right, and then you think about the withdrawal or, or you drink a lot. A lot of people can probably relate to this one too. You drink too much, you have a hangover the next day, you just don't feel great. And so in a lot of ways, you're kind of like trading, um, you're borrowing some like excitement, energy, and happiness from tomorrow and having it now. So, all right, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow like for a couple of hours, right. but I that's okay. I'll make that deal because I'm going to feel a whole lot better right now is the plan um, anyway. Or you don't think you're like, well, I might hurt tomorrow, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be fine. Um, and that's the same thing. It's the same thing, um, just on a macro scale, on a much bigger scale. Um, and when you're in a place of, uh, well, at least for me, I don't know, I keep saying talking to third person. I don't know why I do that. When I was in that place, um, I would have every second of every day made that trade. Oh, I'll, I can feel better now. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay for this tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. That's forever away. That doesn't even tomorrow yeah. might as well be 20 years from now tomorrow. You know, it's like, I can feel better now. Oh my God. I'll take that. Whatever it is. Yes, please. Um, and that's kind of the, the place that you find yourself in, I think, or that I found myself in with, uh, with addiction for sure. And so in terms of like how it actually started, did it start with alcohol and then it's no, so my progression first. went through, um, stimulants first. So I was, uh, I was taking Adderall as prescribed, um, you know, for ADHD, I was working in an office, um, for years, it was really helpful. Um, It was, you know, I went from being kind of scatterbrained and being the reputation I kind of had was uh, really good ideas, not great in the follow through. Um, and then I talked to my you know, doctor and some friends and they, they kind of said, hey, you know, maybe take a look at this. And um, uh, the doctor said, yeah, let's 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 work on that. So for two, three, about three or four years, I took Adderall as prescribed and never like, you know, abused it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, that led to like performance bonuses and promotions at work and th things were... I'm not saying that caused it, but you know what I mean? That helped me focus and, and, and you know, yeah. serve the purpose it, it was meant to. And then when you find yourself, when, when I found myself at work, you know, for 80 hours a week, because uh, it's easier to be at work than it is to be at home right now with all the question marks and I don't know. And it's, it's a weird kind of situation. Um, uh, you know, then it was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I need one, I'm gonna take another half right now. I'm gonna just, you know, I need a little bit more now to get through because I got two more projects I'm trying to finish. Um, that kind of stuff. And it would, it, you get to a point where, okay, now I'm running out and now I'm building up 
and uh, and you build up a pretty the tolerance pretty quickly. And you're and I was uh, uh, I mean I was off the rails with the with the the Adderall because it was you know I needed it. And my doctor gave this to me. This is this is I need this for work. Come on, and that was the the justification I would you know tell myself. Um, my doctor certainly didn't prescribe me to go buy extra prescriptions from, you know, people I knew and, and friends of friends and stuff like that. So, uh, it started with, um, substance abuse in that, in that sense, um, abusing a prescription medication I was prescribed. Um, and then that, that up feeling was good. Um, and I think at that point you realize, all right, I'm already kind of off. I'm already kind of out, out here and it's helping. So what else we got? What else is on, you know, what else is there? And then, and then, you know, and I can't sleep real well. And, you know, you got a guy who's selling you Adderall going, well, you know, I got, this will help you. This will knock you out. These will, these will feel good. Kind of bring you back down. Okay, great. Let's go hit it. Um, and that was the, that was kind of how it progressed for me. Okay. And did, um, but if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, you can by all means say, I, don't I will. Don't that. worry. I'm also very open. So that probably won't happen. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Did your wife know at the time that you had started on that path or did no. you hide it from her completely? No, no, no. Like... I hid it from everybody for years. Nobody, nobody knew. Um, nobody knew. I mean, she knew not that just... you were on Adderall like prescribed. Oh or... yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. She knew that I was prescribed Adderall, uh, which made it easier to hide. Every lie is easier when there's a, when there's truth behind it. Um, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, when you've got five prescription bottles of Adderall around everywhere <laughs> that you put different people's names on them and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's easier cause nobody questions the pill bottle you have because they know you're on Adderall. You know, if you're like, no, I don't take anything. Then, you know, the lie is easily yeah. exposed. So anyway, but yeah, so yeah, she knew that she knew I was taking Adderall, uh, that it was helpful and it was good. Um, didn't, I think, Again, this is not meant as a negative thing. I think she was just naive at the time about the potential uh, uh, Adderall has for abuse, that kind of stuff, um, you know, or even really just uh, substance abuse at all. I, I, I was too. I mean, I didn't really. I've, I, I took heroin and I thought I could handle it. Like, come on, I definitely mm-hmm. was naive at the time for sure. Um, so. Yeah. And sorry, how quickly? Again, don't answer if you don't want to. How quickly did you go from? gradually taking more to then being like I didn't keep detailed records so I'm not 100% sure probably over the course of eight months or between six months and a year probably um it was quick I mean because what happens is too it's not just that taking Adderall makes you and you take more of it and then you can work more no you start taking more of it and it's affecting the serotonin system in your brain and you feel better you feel good um and so it, it you know, long past any kind of therapeutic uh, benefit, I'm now enjoying a psychoactive benefit. Um, and so now I'm already at a point where that's, I mean, you're already getting high, you're already finding. And so now you're going, all right, I'm dealing with things better. Um, and I'm dealing with emotional things better because I'm hijacking my brain. Um, and so now I'm already off, I'm already out. And then at this point, whatever else is available, you're kind of open to because yeah, I want to just keep feeling better. And you say you've managed to hide it from everyone. Uh, so you, you, I guess your job, your family and everything. How, how did you handle that? Cause I guess when you're high on heroin, it's not, <coughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but like, I guess it's not that easy, right? To hide well, it. it was, uh, so I mean, yeah, I say I was hiding it. People knew something was off, okay. um, but they didn't know what, if that makes sense. So like, uh, 
um, you know, just like, yeah, it's, it's not great. It doesn't seem right. Um, I don't know. Uh, nothing, certainly. And again, I had built a nice, successful career, you know, I'm director of marketing at these places. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm making good money. I have all these, I have all of these signs that would, um, especially to somebody who's never experienced drug addiction or substance abuse, you, you wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. You know, most people, I think, when you think of the drug addict or the alcoholic or whatever, you, uh, you picture the bum, you picture the homeless guy, you picture the, you know, the kid or whatever, or the CD underworld. You're not picturing, um, the guy in the corner office, uh, you know, with yeah. prescription pills in his pocket. Um, and my objective when I would take, uh, you know, especially the harder drugs when I started moving towards like heroin, it wasn't, um, uh, I never wanted to get really high. I wanted to have enough that I could just feel better right now, just taking a little edge off. So I was never, um, not never, but in the first year, um, I was not, you know, kind of like falling asleep and nodding out. It was just, no, I'm just, okay. I've got this, I'm, you know, anxious about this meeting coming up. I'm going to just take a look. Okay. I just, okay. That's good. Yeah. You, you controlled it. Yeah. Right. Because you, you have control over it at first until you don't. <laughs> and, 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 you know, mm. well, you have the illusion of control over it at first until you don't. Um, yeah. so it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. I was quote unquote controlling it for uh, a little while and then, it, you know, then I wasn't. <laughs> and what happened then in terms of personal life, like with your job and with your wife and things like how, how yeah, that well, I lost that job, uh, for sure because of the drugs. They didn't know that it was just because of performance issues. Um, you know, we got acquired, we had things were moving and I just wasn't, um, performing anymore. Uh, at the level I had been, it was like, okay, hey, you know, you've done great work so far, but we're moving in a new direction, you know, okay, bye. Um, and then I was, uh, so that was the, you know, where I kind of started the, the, the path. And then uh, from there, you know, a couple of new uh, other jobs coming up from there. Um, again, all, all certainly impacted by that. Um, what ultimately happened was uh, I was, um, I'm trying to think exactly. So it just kind of came out. Um, it was around my birthday, my 30th birthday. Um, I had left, you know, a baggie with drugs in it somewhere and somebody found it and you know, brought it up. Well, what is this? And it's just, okay. Uh, and you know, you tell some lies, you try to cover it. Um, ultimately you couldn't, I couldn't anymore. Mm. And, um, so I went then to get help, but not because I wanted help. And that's an important distinction. I went to, you know, okay, uh, this is part of what I'm supposed to do to keep the, um, to get everybody off my back. <laughs> Let me go back to figuring out how I can do what I want, what I need to do. Um, so I went and got help and, uh, or met, you know, met, met with people and meetings and things like that, but just very half-heartedly, very not, um, not because I didn't think I had a problem, but I just didn't, uh, I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know why at that point I wasn't ready to go. Um, I think it ultimately you'd have to say it's because I didn't believe anymore that there was a life worth living outside of the drugs. I had gotten to that point. So I'm like, no, I just don't, I'm going to, mm, fine. I'll try, but not really try. You're like, all right, if it's easy, I'll do it. And it's not. So you, you're not. Um, and then, so there's kind of half hearted attempts, still living at home, still trying to make, you know, keep things together. And now all of the, you know, the, the disconnection and pain in my marriage that had been, I, I, I struggle to say it was the genesis of this, but that had been 
kind of the cloud over everything was certainly worse because <laughs> now there's drugs involved and it's my, and it's all my doing. So now I don't have any, um, uh, you know, you just have nothing but guilt and shame. And I mean, every second word out of my mouth would be sorry, no matter what, uh, you know, Hey Tim, sorry, what, you know, like, why are you apologizing? Cause I just feel guilty all the time. Um, and so in that place, in that state, um, not really trying to, to, to do anything, um, try to get a little help, try to keep things as much the same as possible. Um, and then lost another job. And so I had a place of unemployment now and it was like, okay, uh, now's an opportunity to actually go get some real help. Uh, and that was the first time I came to, um, I, you know, I was kicked out of the house. Can't, can't be here anymore. She's got, uh, uh all control of all the, the, the finances and all of which I agreed to. Um, and then, uh, okay. So now let me, uh, let me, let me go to, okay, I'll go to rehab. I'll go to rehab. That's fine. And again, I'm mostly just placating people at the time and you get down there and then that, and, I, and I'm lucky because what I've found in, in since then is there's a, there were, and still are plenty of places in South Florida that are not as caring or concerned about their patients. Um, and I'm lucky enough to, that I, I just, you know, found myself at, um, a place called FHE now in Deerfield beach, uh, that was just excellent really, really phenomenal. And it was the first taste I had of like, okay, yeah, you know what? I, not only I can do this, um, but it's worth doing and it'll be good. Um, still plenty of fear. And after that, I moved, instead of going back to Maryland where I was from, I went to um, Virginia. My parents had just moved there, so I didn't know the area. It wasn't like a place I knew. Um, and I thought that might help kind of keep me straight for a little while and maybe kind of start something fresh there. And, um, within a month of living with them, I was employed again, you know, working in the same field and, uh, getting hot again. So right away, just, just, it, it's too easy to kind of, kind of fall back. Um, and then, and really didn't have much support in the area and not in, in the terms of recovery, you know, like I had plenty of support. My, my parents were there. They loved me. I didn't have, you know, people that, uh, um, I hadn't built that kind of community in that, in that world. And I certainly wasn't ready. <laughs> um, yeah, if there's, if I, there's I was, ever such I, a thing. I was going to ask like when, when you did your first rehab, mm -hmm. what was, cause I guess you, I guess you need a light at the end of the tunnel. You need to have something to look forward to, to, mm -hmm. to be able to get out of here. Uh, what was your, your, your vision when, when you went there in the first place or did you have any, or you just went because because people told you to yeah i went to rehab because they told me to yeah okay um that's it i mean that was just mm. and i didn't have a job anymore so my biggest excuse if i can't go to rehab is gone so i was like all right i guess right. i'll go um and then and so yeah just to continue the story because uh, i think it might answer some of the questions too so yeah hi again and um i overdosed in my parents uh house in my bedroom at the time um and my you know my father has to like call the police to, you know, because I'm not responsive. Uh, and then I, uh, kind of woke up on my own, uh, before they had to like hit me with an Narcan. Um, but the, um, uh, and you're lying right away. You just wake up lying. You're like, Oh, I'm fine. What are you talking about? Which is ridiculous, but it's what I did. Um, and then, <clears throat> um, so the next day, Uh, he's like, well, you can't stay here anymore. You know, we told you that when you moved here, you can't, you just can't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the next day I was on a plane back to Florida, not because I wanted to go to rehab, not because I thought, um, 
it was the right, I mean, yeah, no, I just, I wasn't like this time I'm going to do it. It was like, okay, I have nothing else to do. And that seems better than being homeless. So, um, that was it. I was just at a, um, yeah, I had nothing else. I had nowhere else to go. Nothing else. No more plan B, C, D, E, F, you know, all the plans were gone. Uh, and so I was like, all right, let me, let me do it again. So the motivation was the same, you know, the similar motivation. Um, I remember my mom asking me like, what's going to be different this time. And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Um, and you try to find some insightful answer and it's just, I don't know. Um, and so actually when I got to, uh, Florida, um, again, you know, you're back and that's a weird feeling walking back into the same place, um, where, you know, a couple months ago you just left and it's just like, man, like, <laughs> it's one thing to be there the first time. The second time is so much worse because everybody knows you and remembers you and you're like, yeah, remember how I was going to do great? I didn't. Here I am again. And it's just this feeling of like, oh man, it's such a failure. It's the worst. Um, and you're the only one putting that on you. None of them are telling you like, you know, oh, Tim, what the, what the hell? I thought you were going to be, they're like, hey man, glad you made it back. Like, so glad you're still alive because man, people are dying out there, you know, a lot, like something like 80,000 people a year are overdosing um, and have been for a long time. So it's, it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dead. Um, uh, so like, yeah, I'm just glad you're back. And, but you're the one who's feeling like just the biggest piece of crap that's ever been alive. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when I got there, you know, it was just, it was just this, I, I was very, um, like I said, I, was, I didn't want to be there. I'm not sure even how to articulate it. I was just, I think, hopeless. I just didn't think it was gonna, I didn't think I could do it. Um, I didn't think that a lot of the benefits that would come from sobriety were real. Um, I thought for sure I've already lost all the trust and hope of my family and friends. And even if I'm, gosh, even if somehow I managed to hold on for a whole year, like they're going to be, they'll still be just waiting for it to go bad again. Like, there's no way, like, come on. Um, no one's ever going to trust me, believe me again. Uh, I, you know, I didn't like, I didn't love that career anyway. So what's the point of going back to the career? Like, um, you know, the marriage thing is over. Um, and you're just like hopeless. So I was, uh, in that place. Um, I literally signed myself out of rehab, um, with the express intention of going to kill myself. I was just going to go overdose and, and end it. Um, cause it just seemed like the easier way. Um, and so I did, I, 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 I well, the first thing I did is I withdrew, um, my consent, uh, my HIPAA consent for the rehab to talk to anybody in my family. So they couldn't tell them anything about my treatment or what I was doing. Then I signed myself out. Um, so now they're not supposed to be able to call, you know, my family or anything and tell them that I'm not a patient there or whatever. And, um, uh, so I got all my stuff and I, uh, I was going to just go, I, like I said, I was just going to go, uh, do as much as I could and die. And then, um, and I'd been struggling with that for a week. I remember feeling like, all right, this is not an impulsive decision because it was four or five days where I was like, I feel like I should just get out of here. I feel like I should just get out of here. I feel like I should just get out of here, but no, don't do that. No, hang on, hold on another day. And after four or five days, I was like, no. And I woke up that day. I remember feeling such peace when I just decided, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it. I'm just tapping out right now. Like I'm out of here. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I just felt so that, that, that struggle was over. Um, and then I, uh, uh, so I got my stuff. I was in the, you know, uh, bus to, they're taking you to like the train station, I guess they legally have to drop you off somewhere. Um, and, uh, 
my phone rings and it's my mom, which is, you know, she shouldn't have known I had my phone. She thought I was rehabbing my phones in a safe somewhere. So somebody broke the law, I would imagine, um, you know, violated my HIPAA rights and saved my life. And so I answered and I just said, yeah, you know, it was, it was a dumb decision. I don't know. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go back. And, uh, and again, it wasn't because I wasn't going to, I just figured I'd do it later. Uh, I'll finish this program. I'll do another, you can always kill yourself tomorrow. It was literally my mentality for like months. Um, and, uh, you'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like it's, it's fine. You know, it's a permanent thing. So it doesn't, I don't, if it's not today, it'll be then. And still just knowing, okay, I can do that. Um, and, and when I, that piece that I talked about, it was still with me from there. Just going like, all right, yeah, hey, you know what? I don't have to do it today. I can end this whenever I need to end this. Um, it's, uh, I don't know why, but that, that just helped me kind of settle in. Um, and then what was amazing was the slow miracle that happened because it wasn't a quick thing. It wasn't like somebody said something in a meeting somewhere that was like, or in group therapy that made me go, oh, wow, I want to live. It was just... Um, just enough time passes, you know, people talk about, cause now I, what I can see is for sure that was 100% the psychological ramifications of withdrawal and people talk about, um, you know, heroin addicts, uh, especially like it's not, these are chemically addictive substances and it's not that the, um, uh, it's not that they want to use, um, they're hooked. They're chemically addicted. They have to, they're trying to avoid the withdrawal. The physical withdrawal is like a flu. It's pretty bad. It's not, it's not, it's certainly not comfortable, but it's not, I mean, God, if you've ever had the flu, you, you've, you're pretty close to experiencing physically what, what withdrawal is like with maybe a few, I mean, depending on how bad your flu was, I mean, I don't know. And everybody's withdrawal is different too, physically, but, um, uh, the psychological part of withdrawal, um, that is, that is brutal. You have reset your, you know, brain chemicals and dopamine and serotonin, you've reset the baseline to be a hundred times what it's supposed to be. And then when it goes back to normal, it's still not enough and you're, you're just miserable. Um, so that was the, um, that was the real driving force. So by giving myself more time, um, is what made, I think a lot of that anxiety and, uh, depression and suicidal thoughts and stuff go away. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, and then I started, so I kind of realized that, right, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live. I'm going to, I'm going to just keep taking steps here. Um, these are weeks, months later, maybe, and, uh, or probably weeks later. Um, and it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well try to get healthy. I'm going to be single again, I guess. So I better figure that out. So I started going to the little gym they had there in the, uh, in the rehab and I'd worked out before and, um, the, they had a trainer there and the trainer was also in recovery and she was just phenomenal. Just a huge, asset, someone I could talk to about, you know, everything. She knew exactly what the deal was. She knew about fitness and she was great. And, uh, we really connected. She's been a good friend for years now. And, um, but yeah, I went to the gym every day. Um, we didn't have our phones and you'd have like, you know, your little TV in your room and, uh, and then you'd have meetings all day and that's it. And then you'd have, uh, as you kind of progress to the program, you still don't get your phone or anything, but you have less meetings. So you, uh, have less to do and, and all this downtime. So, and can you stay as long as you want or is it like oh, no. set? How, no, no, no. You stay until your insurance stops paying for it or oh, you okay. stop paying for it, depending okay. on who's paying. So every, after, you know, about a month, they start calling your insurance company to try to authorize more time. And a lot of insurance companies say, nope, that's it. He's exhausted his benefits. He's got to go. 
Um, and sometimes you get, you get more time. I was very lucky. The, the second time I went to read it, the treatment, the first time I went to treatment, I was there for a little over a month and I asked if I could stay longer and they gave me a scholarship to stay for another week and a half. <clears throat> and the second time, uh, my insurance covered it for 114, 120 days. So, you know, a long time, which is great. Okay. It was really good. It was a four months. And, um, uh, about rehab please um so like what do you do on a daily basis how many people are there what happens like i have no idea like sure. i just know people go to rehab but i don't know anything <coughs> about it yeah and if you're anything like me you pictured rehab is like it's like jail <laughs> um, yeah almost yeah yeah for sure no it's not at all it's it's um it's have you ever been to um like an all-inclusive resort <laughs> it's a lot like yeah. that um with you know uh with a lot of structure around your day so you, again, you don't have your phone, uh, but yeah, we had nice little rooms. It was like a hotel room. Um, we had, there's, there's a- Do you have like breakfast at a certain time, lunch at a certain time, dinner at a certain time? You can eat whenever you want, but there's meetings okay. throughout the day. So there's group therapy. The, the, the vast majority of your time is group therapy. You got, you know, your morning meeting, you got your afternoon meeting, and then maybe an evening one. And then there's a, an AA meeting to kind of introduce you to the 12 step programs of AA and, and NA. Um, and others like that. And then occasionally they'll be like, oh, okay, we're going to go out to um, an outside meeting or we're going to go, um, you know, we'll bus everybody to an AA meeting down the street or something like that, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but it is, uh, you know, a structured situation. So you've got like the, boy, the men are all on one side, the women are on another. Um, you know, they keep a lot of structured distance between the two of them because you, you've got a group of people here that are, coming in, you know, in a pretty emotionally raw, vulnerable state that are now getting broken down a little bit more and getting honest about who they are. And it's an easy place to connect, um, with other people and you're not making good decisions at that point too. So they keep <laughs> the men and women separate for obvious reasons there. And then, um, but you'll have therapy with everybody and you'll, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how, I mean, how many of there is going to vary based on the, the facility. I mean, it's all going to vary based on the facility. This is just my experience. Um, you know, you'd have a little bit of time to go to the pool in the afternoon. You'd have two, three hours to yourself to, to do whatever. And that's when I would get to the gym. Um, the, uh, the other thing that was interesting, the way the program worked at the time, I believe it's different now. For the first few weeks when you're in kind of the – so actually, yeah, it's everything's phased out too. You'll have the first few weeks are like the highest level of care where you'll be in detox where literally it's just – they're not – you can go to the meetings if you want, but it's not that mandatory because they know you're not really – you know, capable of even paying attention or contributing it yet. Right. Um, and it's more about just kind of getting you through that, that, um, uh, that hump of the, the, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the physical and the psychological impacts of the withdrawal, um, and kind of getting you to that place where you can kind of move again, um, on your own. Uh, and then beyond that, so then, it, you know, a lot of people think that's all you'd need um, if you had not experienced with, with drug or alcohol addiction. But the, um, you know, again, my, my first time I went through almost two months, I was, I wasn't going to withdraw anymore. And I still went back on using heroin because the rest of the time is spent focused on helping you learn and giving you tools to cope with um, dealing with life without needing to, to use drug or alcohol, because that's really what's lost. Is this idea that I don't know how to handle things. I don't know how to um, function. I don't know how to make things work. I don't know how to, uh, you know, there's that. There's also this, 
And you're going to have this kind of, we call it post-acute withdrawal sim- symptoms where you'll have, you know, six months later, you just, ooh, remember how good that was? And you kind of, your brain's kind of like, hey, remember that thing that we did? Like, maybe you want to have a little of that. And they kind of prepare you for that kind of stuff. So it's just getting down to the root of what's going on with you, who you are, what's driving you, um, helping you understand kind of where you're uh, coming from and what's, um, you know, a, a motivator for some of those decisions that you made, you know, like you said, humans don't make mistakes. Sometimes we make bad decisions, but why, um, you know, why, what is it about you that's going to put you in a position to make that decision then so that you can make a better one the next time. And that's where we spend the time. Um, and then. So after the second time of rehab mm-hmm. and then you've been clean since then. Yep. Yay. Well done. <laughs> hey. so well, like three, year, three years ago, right? Ish. Three and a half. It was, uh, I got there December 29th. Or 30th, maybe. Uh, I have to double check. I think 29th of um, December 29th of 2016. Okay. And then how's life been since then? It's been incredible. Like, um, my, uh, my, my life's amazing. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. So uh, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, two other things that I think are valuable from my experience in rehab is it really led to um, me understanding the things that were going to help me the most. I, um, the one was I, they gave us the way the, the, the program worked for, for eating, right? The first few weeks in detox you'd have, they'd feed you. You just kind of, they make food for you. And after that, when you move on and you're in kind of like a residential inpatient or residential outpatient treatment, whatever it's called, they, um, you know, you get a $75 Publix card. They bust you to Publix. You got to buy your food for the week on Sunday and that's it. And then you got to figure out how to make that work. And uh, again, I had been an adult before, so that was not that complicated for me. I just made a little budget, yeah. planned out some meals. It was easy. Um, and then I'd have other kids that were coming up to me that are 19 or 20 going, you know, hey, I, I, all I bought was chips and soda and it's Wednesday and I'm, and I'm hungry. I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's not their fault. They've never, they've never had to do this before. So um, I was like, yeah, so what we wound up doing is I'd be like, all right, yeah, tell you what, you throw in your money with me, we'll have a pool of 150 then instead of 75, and, and I'll right. cook, you do all the cleaning, do the dishes. And that grew fast, so I was now, we were, I was planning meals and cooking for like, I think seven people at one point, or nine people, it was awesome. Uh, it was fun, it was cool, it, you know, and I said, listen, the deal is that we're going to be eating healthy too, that's the thing, like, I, I'm going to eat a certain way, so now you're going to you have to do that too, and they're like, yeah, whatever, I get to eat, great, like, I've three hot meals every day that are going to be good. I'm down. <laughs> so, uh, so I did that. And then again, I was at the gym a lot and, um, and the longer you're there, it doesn't take long for you to be the oldest, the, the, the guy in the rehab with the most time because people are cycling out of there every couple of weeks. So you start there as the, the newest guy. Then you're there. It's like, Oh, he's been around forever. You know, no, it's been a month, you know, whatever. But, um, <clears throat> so the, uh, so I started to help, you know, guys figure out, uh, the gym and you know, write, you know, little workout plans and stuff based on my experience. Cause I'd been an athlete in college and high school and stuff. So I knew my way around uh, the gym and, you know, the trainer was really encouraging and helpful too. And I told, you know, show people how, to, how, how she could be helpful. Um, anyway, so what I found there really, and I don't think I even saw it at the time, but what I found there was that, um, by helping other people, I was finding some purpose for myself again and so that really like uh you start to feel better about who you are um and then you're at the gym now and you're eating a little better and you start to look a little different too your body just responds to the changes you're making and all of a sudden even even before you've lost any weight or built any muscle like you go to the gym a couple times you know you get one weekend 
man, your shoulders are back a little bit more. You're, you're standing up a little taller. You're a little, cause you're proud of what you've done. Even if it doesn't, you can't see it yet. You just, you know, you, you just have a little bit of uh, confidence. There's something that you, yeah, like I know what I did and you feel good about that and it's earned and that's valuable to you. So um, those things really were like bedrock for me in terms of uh, helping me move forward and, and kind of um, building the life that I have built today. So today I'm uh, uh, what I want to do is then I needed to get a job like right away. Cause when I decided I was going to stay in Florida, um, the place where I was at the rehab uh, started uh, a sober living or basically a halfway house. Um, and by the way, a halfway house isn't jail either. The halfway house is just uh, any house. You could go to any house, go to any little three, four bedroom house, whatever. Um, two bedroom house. And you stay with a family or you stay with other people? No, no, no. I'm just describing it. So you pick any house and then that house is going to be, um, somebody's going to buy it and say, okay, this is now a halfway house. There's no laws or regulations. And they're going to say, Hey, uh, we're going to put two beds in every room. The living room is going to have a bed. The basement's going to have three beds, whatever. And then we're going to say it's, you know, the 200 bucks a week or whatever, hundred bucks a week. I don't know. Um, to, to, to stay here. And these are the house rules and we have meetings and it's just, again, a structured place to live. Um, the facility where I was staying started doing, offering that same service while I was there, which was phenomenal. I didn't have to go anywhere. And that consistency is really helpful. Um, I didn't have to go anywhere. I was also still subject to the same rules. Um, and the, the, the drug testing stuff like that. So that was really just, you know, you need that kind of structure and those guidelines at the beginning. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, yeah. So I just stayed there. I needed to get a job. I applied to every restaurant I could within walking distance of my rehab, um, None of them called me because my resume was like, hey, I waited tables eight years ago in college and I did all this other stuff like and then nothing for the last year. I don't really look like a great candidate on paper, um, except the probably the best restaurant in the area. It's right on the water, right on the beach. Um, you know, like Ruby Tuesdays didn't call me, but this place did. Uh, the, you know, they have, it's, a, it's a higher end place. Um, so the money can be really, really good as a server. And the... Um, Again, you're right on the beach. The team is great. So some of the best people I've met in my life uh, are friends that I met waiting tables at this place. So they called me. I went in. Um, I was confident once I could get a phone call, I'd do well because I have, uh, you know, I've always had that experience where I'm able to, um, you know, talk confidently and assert myself in a, in a polite, pleasant way. So uh, and that that bore itself out. I got that job um, and I started working at this restaurant. And so now I'm building up a little bit of money. I'm building my physically building myself back up. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, participating and uh, working through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous um, with some friends and, and stuff like that. And then I'm helping other people as much as I can. And that was really the magic formula for me. Um, I think helping people is, is probably the biggest piece of it. Um, yeah, for sure. After about a year, uh, I had an opportunity to move out and I got an apartment walking distance from there, from the, the hotel or yeah, the hotel, from the, um, the restaurant. And, uh, so again, I'm just kind of hanging around. One of my servers at the restaurant said, Hey man, you like to work out. You should come to my gym. It'll make you throw up. And I said, <laughs> okay, let's check it out. So I See, went that, to his, that would not make me want to go. I'd be like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he knew, he knew who he was talking to. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, let's go. Let's see. Like challenge accepted. Come on, bring it. Um, so I went and checked that gym out and it was about like, I don't know, 20 minute drive from where I live. And, uh, this was actually when I was still living in the, in the, in the halfway house. And, uh, man, I loved that gym. I did not throw up. Um, I was going to ask, but I love the way they, they, uh, they kind of structured everything. It was, um, it's, it's the, 
they, you'd walk in, there's a workout written for everybody. You have a partner and you and your partner kind of go through each station. And when they blow the whistle, you move to the next station and you do whatever you need to do at that station. So it's like you have a workout pre-written for you. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to figure out what you're going to do today. You're doing normal stuff. So you're not doing like CrossFit style, like things that I've found to be pretty dangerous or, um, you know, I know a lot of CrossFit people or ex-CrossFit people with broken ankles and stuff like that. Um, it works great for some and I'm, I wouldn't ever, you know, suggest it's not a valuable thing. Um, but it wasn't something I wanted to do, but you go in there and like, all right, one station might just be bench press and then, you know, bench press while your partner's in the bench press, you're over here, you know, um, you're going to do some, uh, uh, or, or, you know, push up on a, on a, on a, on this mm. stability ball or something or hold a plank. I don't know. And then, um, uh, they you blow the whistle and you move on to the next thing. So you're doing normal stuff, but the intensity is high and the, and the, uh, um, you know, I, I, the way I describe it sometimes is traditional style workouts with, uh, the intensity you'd find it or that you, you know, you're familiar with from CrossFit or whatever, or, or like getting, having a personal trainer at the price of group fitness. And I was like, man, I love this, but I'm not, I can't throw down, you know, 130 a month for the gym because I don't have a car. Like I can't drive there. And, uh, and he's like, dude, I will pick you up. I'll take you. I was like, man, if we're doing this, we're doing this. He's like, I'll pick you up every day. And this dude, he's a server at the restaurant with me. He's just some 26 year old kid. He picked me up at my rehab every day, uh, for six months, like at like seven in the morning or six in the morning to go to this gym. Um, he was in the best shape of his life for sure. And then, um, uh, and me too, man. It was just, it was the best. Fell in love with that place, those people. And I work there now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was the, that kind of opened up that door as well. Um, the, the owner of the place, you know, was really encouraging and said, Hey, you know, Tim, you're, you're helping more people than you're, you know, than you, than you see, um, you should probably get, you go ahead and, and get certified to, to, to train folks. So I did that. Um, he said, you can use our facility then to train people. So I started training, you know, clients one-on-one -on -one. and then, um, uh, they had an opening to bring somebody on as a coach in the, in the team. And I said, yeah, let's do that. So he brought me on there. So, so now I'm working at the restaurant and, uh, you know, training folks. And then through that is how I met my fiance. So I'm engaged, uh, which is awesome. We're going to, ah. we're going to try to get married as soon as there's not a, a viral threat looming over the whole world. <laughs> um, but I was, yeah, I was certified to train. And one of the, um, one of the regulars at my restaurant said, Hey, you know, I work at this hotel down the street, like just two blocks down the street we have a guest coming in that wants um, us to hire a trainer. I saw that you're doing that now. Can you do morning beach workouts with him? And I said, yeah, of course. He said, cool, come on down, check out the facility. So I did. And um, I, I opened the door to this hotel or not, you know, yeah, I opened the door to the hotel and, the, and then this the goddess from the weird island of the UK. Um, <laughs> no, and then, yeah, I mean, I just, the, I remember she opened the door and I was like, what <laughs> are you kidding and i said to myself you gotta say something to her no i can't it's unprofessional <laughs> this poor girl she's at this luxury boutique hotel she probably gets hit on every day by like everybody and guys that could probably buy her a maserati and i'm just gonna leave it alone and as we're leaving my friend is like hey man when you got here you know she said you were hot and she's single i was like why are we still talking let's go <laughs> um so that was that was funny but yeah that's how uh so so yeah so all because uh all because I applied to Oceans, applied <laughs> to that one restaurant because it was walking distance from the rehab that I went to. Um, uh, you know, it just led me down to build this life. We just we just bought a house, which is incredible. Wow. Um, I joke around. I'm like, yeah, 
four years ago, I would have done despicable things for $20. And now like we're buying a house. Like, what are you talking about? So it's been a remarkable, really blessed, brilliant, um, uh, situation. We're actually, the gym is opening our, our newest location in two weeks about just about the 26th will be our first day. And, uh, 27th, we, um, uh, I'm going to be the, I just got promoted. I'll be the head trainer at the new, the new location. So, so I'm helping people professionally, you know, uh, helping people for a living, helping people in, um, you know, uh, recovery and in, in the, um, uh, dealing with addiction or just dealing with life after addiction as much as I can as well. Uh, and that's, that's a real blessing to you to be able to, to be in that position, to be able to kind of just, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. I was yeah, going to ask about that. Yeah. Are, are you, uh, so I guess did you create or you join an existing community to 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 help people after? Rehab I didn't create. Or... Yeah, I didn't create. No, I, I participated in AA, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, you know, it's, I, I I just think all addiction is the same. Um, so it doesn't it didn't matter to me to make the distinction between narcotics or heroin anonymous or cocaine anonymous. And plenty do, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, I just found the community that worked for me in those rooms. So whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's it. That's amazing. And so when now, when you, when you look at it, uh, three and a half years later, um, well, you, you said it was not a specific event that made you want to leave again and, and, and keep going. But when, when, when you look at it now, uh, you said that it's because you found a purpose by helping others, right? That's like, that, that's the thing that gave you hope and that, that was a light for you. I think that's part of it. I also think it's, I think it's a big part of it too, that I started working out again. I think it's a massive part of it that I just waited long enough that I just stayed long enough. Mm. Um, for real. I mean, I just think you, it's, you can't undersell the value of just sticking it out until your mindset and more and mentality shifts. You know, you get a couple of, when you've been losing forever, you get a couple of wins under your belt and it, uh, it changes everything. You, you get hope again. Um, uh, my faith is a big part of it as a Christian. I, I've always been a Christian, so it wasn't new for me. Um, but also having always been a Christian, having been through it, um, it wasn't, you know, I've seen plenty of folks come in and never really have any kind of religion and they find, uh, you know, uh, faith or they find a church, they find a community there and that's brand new for them. And that's revitalizing and encouraging. And I love that. It's beautiful to see. Uh, for me, it didn't have that effect because I'm like, yeah, I already know all this. I believe that. I just, I, you know, um, I just, it was too, it was too far away at the time. Um, that's but, su that's yeah, super so. interesting you saying that because so time and, and patience was the key. But yeah. Was, and, but, 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 but when you look at it, back to my previous question about how long can you stay in rehab, it's all about how long your insurance is going to pay. Exactly. Yep. So it's in, it's interesting there. There is there is something that the longer you stay, the more chance you have to I think to, so. to, to be to be saved. That was my experience. Say. <laughs> uh, but most of the time, you've been you're gonna be kicked out after four weeks because yeah, no one's gonna pay for your treatment. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, what? I know plenty of people that never went to rehab and have decades of sobriety. I know people that went to rehab for 28 days and have decades of sobriety. I know people that okay. are have been to rehab for six months or longer. And are now on their 19th or 20th stint at a new rehab. So it's not always the time. Yeah. It's not just, it's not that cut and dry. If it was like statistically shown that, hey, six months of treatment, um, 
you know, 90% of people, like, then they would do that. But that's just not, it is unfortunately so subjective and so unique to each individual that it's really, um, I, 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 I don't know how to say this. Like I almost empathize with the insurance company or just, I understand that there's not a, it's not as cut and dry as, okay, one week of this medication will kill the fungus growing on, you know, your toe or whatever it is. Like it's yeah, not that yeah. simple um, in this case. So it's it's difficult for them to figure that out because, man, if they're going to just finance, you know, unlimited time. I mean, rehab's expensive, man. I would look at the cost of benefits, yeah. the statements I get from the insurance. And, it, and especially in that first couple of weeks of detox where you're there pretty much under constant surveillance. They have to come in every four hours mm-hmm. and check your vitals to make sure you're breathing. Um I mean, it could be $10,000 a day. It can be, I mean, it's like being in the hospital every, it's, it's hospital grade care. So, you know, it's, it's, I mean, that's an extreme. I'm just, but it doesn't matter. So the point is when you're talking about something like that, it's not, they're just greedy and don't want to pay for it. The, the more they cover, the higher everybody else's benefits are, or premiums cost. And so the less yeah. policies they'll sell and then maybe they can't afford to offer anybody help. So it's, it's a, yeah. it's a tricky thing, and I get that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but it's a tricky thing, and I get it. So, No, no, but yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah it's, it's if it was just like, hey, yeah, we know for sure that six months or three months or whatever does the trick, and they're not paying for it, I'd be like, they're jerks. But that's it's it's super complicated. Um, for me, that's where I was at. That's the place I was at, uh, and that's why I, I need to you know, tell that story as my own story, not just as a you and people. And It's just me. That's, that's what happened mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, well, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time hearing this kind of story from someone I know, like not just on a you know on a TV show or movie. Yeah, so. yeah, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's uh, it's heartbreaking that you 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 lost hope uh, in everything. Uh, it's just so so hard to listen to it, uh, but but to see that you it's crazy like that your your, your mother called you at oh, the right time she there would have called so maybe like things. 12 years 12 hours later oh man you, yeah you, you might, yeah when you think about she's it she's asleep just... already i mean there's so many things that had to go right for did you tell her that did you, did you tell her that does she know um I, not she... not about the exact timing but she knows yeah she knows that story yeah for sure there are so many things along the way that had to go exactly right for me to have the life that I have today. And a lot of it, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, this is why I'm blessed beyond belief. This is why, you know, uh, I had nothing. I came to Florida with a, a suitcase full of clothes, um, really just a trash bag full of clothes probably. And, um, I mean, nothing. And, uh, you know, you're, you're in a hopeless place. And then I built it back and, and, um, and it's wild too, because then you get, you know, COVID is the, the whole coronavirus thing was scary. Like, are we all going to lose our jobs? Are we going to close everything down? And I'm like, I was scared, but then I remembered I've built it from nothing before. If I had to do it again, I could. Um, right. And then, uh, but also, I don't want to go back there. So that was, you know, there's, they're both, both those emotions are real. Um, but you're, it's just, it's so wild when I think about all the things that had to go right. I mean, for me to meet my fiance, for me to get to, the, the his career and training um uh, you know helping build this gym one of the most successful gyms in Boca Raton now I mean and uh it's just it's incredible it's I'm I'm so blessed it's remarkable well you know like life is like a roller coaster and and <laughs> now now it's your time to shine and you know sometimes you can't we can't explain everything it's just <laughs> oh no just what it is it. I'm not yeah, I'm just, not looking for an just ride the wave and man. you know <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> 
Absolutely. I mean, plenty of stuff went wrong too. (laughs) You know, it's easy to look at it, uh, whichever way you want. I just feel like that's really the truth. I could look at that story and go like, yeah, and this happened. Can you believe it? And that happened. And, ugh. and I, somehow I got here, but instead I'm going, Hey, somehow this bad stuff happened. And then this good thing happened. Can you believe it? Like it, you can tell the same story a different way if you want. The attitude is everything. That's it just true. is. You, you, and we have total control over that. One of the things we talk about a lot in AA, uh, you know, there's this thing, the serenity prayer. I don't know if you've ever heard it or seen it written somewhere at a church or something. And it's, uh, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so we talk a lot about accepting the things you can't change and, uh, uh, you know, changing the things you can, but the only thing you can, the only thing you have control over is you period, full stop, end of story. That's it. Um, I don't have control over, I have, I might think I have control over some stuff. There's a chance. I might be able to influence things to different degrees, you know, like, um, but, but, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, um, so ultimately, I have to say, I'm a, this is why I come back to that the thing. I'm going to do the best to sit, make the best decision I can with what I have, not worry about all the what ifs, not worry about all the things that are out of my control, which is everything that isn't me, because I'll lose my sanity real quick. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I'll just worry about me and, and, and controlling me, and that's it. Um, and that's kind of where I live today. Yeah. I, I, I usually ask... I like to ask a question usually, but I don't know if it's going to apply here. I usually like to ask, you know, like, what would you say or what kind of advice would you have to someone that might be on this path? But I don't even know if it's relevant in, in this situation because I guess, like, because what you say, like, when you are in this path, usually you don't even see or hear what's going on around. No, um, you do. I mean, yeah, I definitely do have advice, plenty of advice. Um, get help. It's okay. Uh, nobody is judging you as much as you think they are. Um, and if they are, who gives a shit? Uh, that's, that's true for everything, by the way. This is life. Addiction. This oh, no, is addiction. life. Yeah, I know, just just, just in general, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, one thing I tell people a lot about in life, just in the gym, not even in like, you know, recovery, but like, Nobody has time to judge you because they're so their mind is fully <laughs> occupied worrying about you judging them. Yeah. Nobody has any time. <laughs> they don't have any mental energy left to think of, to, to pass a judgment on you because they're worried if you like them. They don't have any time to think about whether or not they like you. You know what's going to make them like you? You liking them. That's it. That's usually how it goes. Anyway, um, it's just it's so silly. Uh, but yeah, no, I would just say get help, man, for sure. Get that. It's worth it. It's, and, and we talk about this a lot and people say this a lot. And when I was in those seats, people, a lot of people were like, Hey man, I was where you are and now I'm here and my life is better than I ever imagined. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. That's you. It's not me or whatever. I even believe those people. I had, I've heard so many people say, yeah, these guys said all that stuff. And I was like, I just didn't believe them. And, uh, I did, I totally believe them. I just didn't see it for me. Um, so I, but all I can do is echo it. All I can do is say the same thing. It's the truth. It really is. Like, um, like I get it. Um, it's hard. It sucks. It's not going to be easy, but man, it's going to be worth it. Um, so that's, that's just always my advice. There's, there's help. There's tons of help. Um, there's people that are just, that just desperately want you to succeed. Um, and yeah, get it. Come get help. If you need help, come, you know, you can, you can, you can call me, text me right now. Anybody, everybody out there, 443-617-8181. If you need help, I will help you get help um, for sure. And uh, I, I just thought about a question. If 
Because I guess when you're on this path, it, it can get bad and you can get to the point where you don't have any money anymore. You don't have any yeah. insurance. Yep. How, how, how can you get help when you, when you don't have any, any, any finance? How the, can best you place to start is, the best place to start is AA uh, or okay. NA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever meeting you can find near you, period. Um, that's the best way to start. They are free. Um, they will. Uh, there are people there that uh, want to help you. They, they have tons of resources that are locally available to you. Um, many of the people in those rooms will work for treatment centers. Uh, many of the people in those rooms own businesses and might be able to hire you or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I, there's just help there. There's people there. And remember that you're walking into a community of people that want to help you, um, but they also know they're smarter. They're smart enough to then to just buy your bullshit either. So it's not, you know, they're not going to enable you because they know better at least for the most part, I'm talking in general terms, of course, there's always exceptions. Um, there's good and bad exceptions to, to all of that. But as a community, this is a community hardwired to find you help. Um, so yeah, find the nearest AA meeting, you can Google it, uh, whatever, walk in there for free, um, sit in the back, <laughs> say nothing. Um, and somebody will generally uh, find you and help you. Uh, and if you know, if you if you're able to muster the courage, raise your hand and say something, introduce yourself and, and that will that will Tell them what you need. I need. I need to go somewhere. I'm high now. Okay, okay. Yeah. How, how do we? How can we help? The people will help you, for sure. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. There's a whole of a lot of things we don't know. Like we don't see. Uh, we don't talk about. Uh, uh, yeah. We have no. I didn't either. Man. I really didn't. That there are people like yeah. you and 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 others. Those are other people's problems. Yeah. When I was, you know, like, what are you talking about? Drugs. Get out of here. That's something you know whatever. I never, never, yeah, it made yeah. no sense to me. And I always thought like, you know, uh, it's a choice, you know, all oh, you've, you've chosen this for yourself and people, and it's a good one too. People talk about that a lot. Like, um, even people that believe addiction is a disease, um, and not just like, you know, uh, you failed, you're, you're the worst person. Like, okay, you have a disease, but you still kind of chose this really what you chose was to feel better. You didn't want the disease. You just wanted to, you wanted to feel better from whatever it was. And I've heard that echoed, not just from me and my story, many, many stories that follow that same kind of emotional journey of, I was in pain, this made me feel better. So I used it as my solution. And then my solution became my biggest problem. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody goes into this thinking, um, most people don't go into thinking they're making the right choice or that they're thinking they're making the best choice, but they, they often feel like it's their only choice. Yeah, no, no one goes with the idea of just, I'm, I'm just right. going right. to become an addict. It's just a way, yeah. And, 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 you know, like when you're on the way there, like you could have take a different turn yep. in the street and see, I don't know, let's go skydive. Yeah, I don't know, you know what if, whatever it is, or meet someone else or meet a guy doing... Yeah. fitness sure. and maybe you you would have saved you there because yeah you never like, it's just yeah yep. i tell you what it, it, it's wild to me it's too because i think about to... it now i look back at everything and i'm overwhelmingly grateful for everything that happened to me i'm grateful um i'm grateful for well i don't know how to say it that's not really true i'm not grateful for addiction or grateful that i used heroin i'm not happy that happened i'm very very thankful for the the lessons uh that have come from it um and the value that I've, that I've been able to extract from the, from the recovery of it. You know, I talked about a second ago about how you have this kind of similar emotional arc where it's like I was in pain and then I found this thing that made me feel better. And then the thing that made me feel better was the biggest problem I had. Um, and a lot of people think you just got to remove the, the drugs, the take the thing that made me feel better away 
because now it's the biggest problem and everything will be okay. But you still got to go back to the original reason you were in pain. <laughs> you got to deal with that. And I never would have ever dealt with any of that stuff. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Um, if I didn't have, if I didn't blow it up enough to look at it. So I really feel lucky that I get to live a life today. that's so much better than many people that never go through addiction just because I was forced to stop and look mm. and others will never have that. Um, they have the opportunity, but others will never have that, uh, uh, need, you know what I mean? They won't have that. Um, I guess, yeah, need is probably the right word. They'll never see it in themselves or, or be forced by others into a place where they have to go look at that stuff. The things that are just not great or the things that always cause them struggles. So they'll just be, you know, grumpy, miserable, angry, um, sad, lonely, whatever. They'll be feeling those things. And, and, and because they never blew their life up <laughs> to a point where they had to go look at them, they just have to deal with these things that are, you know, not great. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one last question. I just thought of it right now. Um, when you met your future wife, yes. Um, how long, like, when when things got serious? How long did it take you to like tell her that you've been an addict before? Were you worried about her reaction? Yeah. Oh, she's gonna leave me. She's gonna judge me because. That's a great question. Oh man, I'm so excited. I'm glad you asked me that question. <laughs> so I realized, Cause I guess it must be like such a big worry. I yeah. Mean. Well, I, again, it can be, but, uh, I, I, yeah. I try not to stress about things I can't control and her reaction is something I can't control. All I can control is me. And so I go, all right, what's, what do I think is the best decision to make here? And to me, the best decision to make is to tell everybody basically as soon as it makes any kind of sense, <clears throat> I'm pretty open with it. So, um, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Um, I'm not proud of the things that I did at all. I mean, gosh, I'm, I was, I, I acted and behaved in ways that were just absolutely awful. I've done the best I could to make up for those. Um, even to people that, uh, wouldn't, you know, uh, well, I tried, you know, people that wouldn't take a call or, or whatever. Uh, that's, I've done what I can. Um, so anyway, but the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, it, it I can't control it. I can't change it. I can't change the past. So I just have to make the decision I can now. So I tell everybody as soon as it makes any kind of sense. Um, so we were, I, I, when I was dating, it was generally on the first date. I, hey, so yeah, uh, I don't, you know, it's cause it's things like, yeah, I don't mind that you're having a glass of wine. It doesn't bother me. I don't feel triggered. I'm fine. If I did, I would tell you, um, and please stop asking me if it bothers me because that's going to bother me. <laughs> that'll be like, that'll start to be like, you're making me feel like I'm a weirdo now. Just, I told you once, you got to trust me. Um, uh, little things like that. So I just, I got to get out of the way. Uh, Cause I don't want it to be, uh, uh, you know, wait, why do you never like, what? Like, it's just, there's so many things that would be weird if I didn't, yeah. especially because when I started dating too, I was still living in a halfway. So I had a curfew. So I had to be like, uh, mm -hmm. I, you can't be like, hey, yeah, no, everything's good. But listen, I have to leave right now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> or I'll be kicked out of my house tomorrow. So um, they're going to think you have a family. You're like hiding a secret. So it's just better to tell the truth than it is to let somebody worry about what uh, could be going wrong. True. So anyway, um, so with her, with my current fiance, I was I was so upset because we, we uh, I tech, you know, I got her number from my friend who had you know, introduced us basically. And um uh, just we we're texting and it was like, Hey, you know, we set a date to go out. Like, Oh yeah, I'd love to go to dinner. I'm like, Oh, it's, I was cloud 27. I was so excited. Um, and, 
she's like, uh, so she's, oh, yeah. so then we're still like chatting. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. And she's like, so what brought you to Florida? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I got to do this over text? <laughs> like, oh, because I wasn't going to lie, but it was like, you can't, I was trying to think about it. It can't be like, uh, uh, oh, I'll tell you later. Like, what? That's just weird. What do you just, what's going on? How bad can it yeah. be? So I, I just told her, I said, actually, you know, drug, drug addict, and I came to Florida for, for rehab. Uh, it was like two years ago, and, uh, you know, just haven't looked back. Just stayed here ever since. And she's like, oh, wow, that was super open. What I found out later is, like, the last, I guess, couple of folks that she'd been dating or, or, or I guess she'd met or whatever uh, were just, like, super shady, kind of dishonest, or just not quite, not as open or upfront. So she was really impressed with and really, like, happy that I was so uh, forthcoming with something that would, easily it would be easy to not be forthcoming about um so that actually worked in my favor but i i was so like oh come on right now really i i i i guess like when you send that the seconds or minutes it took oh, and dude. you see yeah, the like typing on a fucking thing it's a year. must have it's been a like year for fucking sure. forever like, oh and my you're God. just like come on man don't <laughs> don't sell me out right now like it's gonna be okay You know, because you, you just want to, you hope someone's going to still give you a chance or whatever. And I've had, I've been on dates where they were like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, date somebody like that. I was like, wow, I'm right here. You could have just not said that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. no, it, and it's, that's my thing too, is it's totally their decision and it's fine. If they, if, you know, for all I know, they're, they have an ex-husband or an ex, you know, who uh, uh, was, you know, a really violent alcoholic and they just, yeah, it's not okay. Yeah. Just not, or they, you know, somebody who kept relapsing and they just, and it's not judgment on me. Yeah. It's, it's almost never the things that, you know, other people's reactions are almost never personal or a judgment. Personal. You. Like you just said, you know, it's, it's almost always something to do with yeah. that. And that's totally fine. And it's, it's, that's on, that's absolutely their right to have that. Um, so yeah, if, if it's not okay, it's not okay. I'd rather find out now anyway. I'd rather find out now than after I've fallen or you've fallen, whatever. Not so true, let's yeah. just uh, get that out. So I was real honest about it right up front and um, uh, it worked out well. <laughs> and that was uh, after our fourth date, I texted my mom that I was, I'm going to have to change this girl's last name. And then after six months, I proposed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it's been great. It's been really good. It's been, <laughs> been together for just about two years now. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, Any more questions, Jeremy? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say thank you so much for being so open and honest and raw and real and answering the questions and talking about, you know, suicide and drug addiction. It's all yeah. like heavy shit. Like it's not easy to talk about, but thank you so much for doing that because it's, yeah. you know, I think things, like I think the hardest things to talk about are the things that need to be talked about the most. Of course, so, absolutely. So much why, are we, yeah, why are we so ready to talk about the weather? And so yeah. ashamed to talk about, um, you know, the things we've done uh, wrong or whatever. I, I just, yeah, you're, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. It, for me, the, I talked about how helping other people is a big part of, you know, what kind of moves me today. And where I'm daily helping people physically in the gym and that kind of stuff, I, I'm, I don't do this part as much as I could. Um, so I really relish every opportunity to kind of, um, mm. you know, talk about my story because yeah, if it helps one person go, okay, I can just kill myself tomorrow. Let me see if I can get to bed tonight without that. And I'll try again tomorrow. Um, and, and delay it long enough. Great. Amazing. Fantastic. Um, but even if it doesn't help me, that's the biggest realization, right? Like, um, 
uh, maybe, I don't know if we're ending, ending, but just to leave you with this one, uh, the guy who started Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Bill W., um, you know, there's a story, I don't know if it's apocryphal, I don't know how true this is, but the story, as it was told to me, is, you know, he was trying to help, he kind of had, you know, found what what he thought was going to make sense for him, and, and he was sharing it with somebody else, who, another alcoholic, and that guy um, relapsed, you know, and he was just at home, and he's like, man, this guy, you know, I, I thought he was there, I thought he understood, and he's he's drinking again and his wife goes yeah but you're not and that was when he realized that's the that's the ticket like it's it's uh by him helping that guy even though even though it didn't stick with him that time that's what worked for him you know that's what gave him and so that's you know finding the purpose for you finding the place where you can live and help other people is really um yeah i'm just happy to do it that's all yeah no it's amazing yeah thank you so much for everything uh oh, my pleasure, it's, it's, it's it's amazing to see where you are now uh you seem to be in a amazing Feels good to feel amazing good, place yeah yeah <laughs> you just you you look good you you're shining you just yeah it's amazing that's it's just because there's no hair anymore that's the, <laughs> the ball <bald>, man <laughs> um no it's amazing yeah i i really hope this this message is gonna you know like you said just help one person that'll be fantastic absolutely and, and you know what too if, so. if you're listening or whatever and you're not in you're not somebody who struggles with addiction it can help you too because like we've just i've just realized this as we're talking right there's so many things that from i never would have understood before and you never would have even thought of before no um and you still probably don't understand now right like to be fair like, you yeah, didn't no, go, yeah, not yeah, the way yeah, i no. do but it's... maybe there's a little bit more to it that yeah. so so yeah, if it just helps one person kind of go, oh, I never thought about it like that, or I never really realized that, or whatever, um, and, and and puts them in a position to maybe help another addict in a different way, uh, or whatever, just to see things a little differently, or, or whatever, I think that would be certainly great as well. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Tim. Really appreciate My it. My pleasure, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you for everyone for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode, so make, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Tim, how can we find you on social media in case anyone wants to reach yeah. out or send you a message or train with you, whatever? You can jump in. My uh, my Instagram is uh, Timstagram CPT. So T-I-M-S-T-A-G-R-A-M and then CPT. So Timstagram CPT for person, Certified Personal Trainer. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Thank you so much and hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Wait, uh, it's not actually finished yet. Uh, we actually kept talking a little bit and there is an extra five minutes uh, where Tim is sharing a little bit more about what happened to him. So yeah, uh, stay a little bit longer and thank you for tuning in again and we'll see you next week. But yeah, stay just a few minutes extra. Thanks. Yay. <laughs> thank cool. you. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Uh, awesome. What a... My what pleasure, a, man. What a story to hear. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Like you said, yeah, I yeah, love that you said it the way you said it. If we normal people, we all have stories, man. We all have yeah. our, own, <laughs> our own thing. Oh, one thing I maybe you, I don't know, if you put this in the description or something. I, I could have brought it up to you when you when you mentioned that too. Um, I went so long in my life feeling like I, you're always the main character of your own story, right? I went so mm. long feeling like I was the villain of the story. Um, oh. It's really powerful now to be the hero. It's a good, it's a nice shift nice yeah it's amazing the awareness you have now about the whole thing that's the that's been the, the the biggest gift i mean that's what we talked about in the in the call yeah. is is 
you know, to, to be able to, it's so, so I, I, I really think 99% of people, probably every person on the planet really would, would benefit from going to AA um, or, or, mm-hmm. or spending that much time in therapy. It's just not practical for most people. And most people, the, you know, <laughs> some people, the benefits would be small. Some people, the benefits would be much more dramatic. Um, you know, for me, it was, it was uh, necessary, you know, but man, mm-hmm. out of that necessity uh, came a lot of benefits that I'm really happy about. So, yeah. Oh. I guess as well, just something like, I guess that once you've been at rock bottom, then when anything is good, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing compared to what I ha- like has happened. You know what's past. better than that? That's that true to a degree, but I've also had good, good experiences before. And you got to remember, rock bottom came from heroin, and heroin feels good. I wouldn't lie to you and tell you it doesn't. Otherwise, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you. Yeah, right, right. So oh, it's yeah. your percept. What, what's more powerful than what you just said? It's not not wrong, but what's more powerful is when things go bad, and you're like, well, it could be a whole lot worse. <laughs> oh. You know, like, oh, hey, the restaurant's getting closed because of uh, coronavirus, and I don't know how we're gonna pay the rent. But man, like, we're okay. You know, it was wild. I, uh, my brother, my brother wouldn't let me in his house three years ago. I wasn't. I was not welcome there. And um, when this whole thing happened, he called me and said, listen, uh, what's your rent payment? I, I think I can cover a month if you need it, if you're going to get shut down. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you're talking about, like, you wouldn't, you were worried I was going to steal 20 bucks in your wallet before, and I would have. And now you're, uh, you know, talking about how can you loan me a couple of grand? It was, it's wild. So, yeah, it's, no matter how bad it gets, you're like, okay, I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll just take the next step and we'll, we'll figure it out. It's going to be okay. It could be worse. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. It could be worse. You realize yep. that now. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna add this bit at the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm still I'm still recording technically, so I think I'll, I'll add it because <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we really hope you enjoyed the episode. It's so funny, man. <laughs> we we have like I've done I've done, no, I've, I've done that before. We, uh, <laughs> there's AA meetings that we always talk about the meeting after the meeting where like you've had your meeting and then afterwards you sit and you hang out oh, and yeah. talk to other people and sometimes it's where the best stuff comes from. It's not from the one guy who was speaking or it's yeah, like it's much more valuable. No, so you're just yeah. kind of like with three people talking like, oh wow, yeah, I didn't even think. You know, you just kind of hit. It's wild. The meeting after the meeting is powerful, guys. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. Thank you so much once again.